Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher. This week's parasha is Vayishlach. We're continuing the story of uh, Yaakov Avinu. Uh, Yaakov, in the end of last week's parasha, has completed his years, his years of encounter, his years of difficulty with Lavan, a very complicated relationship, we must say. Lavan is his uncle, who becomes his employer, who becomes his father-in-law. Uh, Lavan is very materialistic. And uh, Yaakov has quite uh, a, lo- a lot of uh, difficulties with Lavan during the 20 years that he lives with him. But now Yaakov has taken his leave of Lavan and he is making his way towards uh, Eretz Yisrael, ultimately uh, to uh, Bet-El, the place where he had the vision of the latter, and also uh, to be reunited with his uh, family in Hebron. Uh, we can say that the parasha uh, has essentially uh, six parts. Uh, the first part is about Yaakov's encounter with Esav. Yaakov, as he gets closer to Eretz Yisrael, also means that he gets closer to the territory where Esav lives, a place called Seir, and we'll come back to this idea. Um, and Yaakov, it would seem, uh, decides to uh, prepare for an encounter with Esav rather than uh, have it be a surprise. He wants to be clear that he is ready for his encounter with Esav, and he begins by sending a message to Esav uh, that he is coming, and uh, it's a message of peace, uh, and the message that comes back, the information that comes back, is that Esav is advancing towards Yaakov with 400 men, and this makes Yaakov afraid. Uh, and so he prepares for this encounter with Esav, because I'll say that he prepares on three fronts, war, prayer, and gift. War, he is prepared, if necessary, to battle Esav, although he doesn't uh, look forward to it. He prays to Hashem. It's a very moving prayer uh, in which Yaakov says, God, you have promised me uh, that you will take care of me. Uh, But he also sends a gift, a very elaborate uh, set of gifts to uh, Esav in the form of various animals. Uh, And in this way, uh, by the time that Yaakov will meet up with Esav, uh, Esav will have seen these gifts and maybe his uh, mind will be uh, changed towards Yaakov because, because Yaakov doesn't really know whether Esav continues to uh, hate and indeed want to kill uh, Yaakov or maybe the time and uh, the changes that happen during a person's life may have uh, softened Esav. Yaakov doesn't know, so Yaakov has to be prepared for every eventuality. He helps his family uh, across the uh, the river, and then he finds himself alone in the middle of the night, uh, and someone is wrestling with him. Uh, he is an angel. He is the Sarosh of Esav. He is the angel of uh, Esav and Esav's nation. Uh, they wrestle all night, uh, and Yaakov prevails. He is able to hold his own. Uh, the angel gives him gives Yaakov a new name, Yisrael, which means that you have uh, struggled with uh, with both 
God and man, both with divine beings and human beings, and you have succeeded. During the course of the uh, uh, of the struggle, uh, though, uh, Yaakov is injured, and uh, he's injured in his thigh bone, in his uh, hip socket. Uh, he's injured in a sinew called the Gidhanashe, and we learn here uh, that uh, one of the mitzvot of the Torah, indeed it's uh, the third mitzvah in the book of Breshit, uh, is the mitzvah of Gidhanashe, that this sinew uh, is forbidden. Even in a kosher animal, it has to be, uh, it can't be eaten. This sinew, uh, it's probably a nerve, uh, may not be eaten. So if one is going to eat the hindquarters of, uh, of an animal, uh, it would have to be removed. And that is one way of recalling this encounter between Yaakov and the angel. But the encounter with the angel makes it possible for Yaakov to see, uh, in a sense, a kind of a dry run, a, a dress rehearsal, if you will, uh, in preparation for his meeting with the physical uh, Esav. Uh, and maybe what he comes away with this is a renewed confidence that he can uh, prevail over Esav. They finally meet, and it is a uh, it's a positive meeting. Esav even hugs him and kisses him. Yaakov says to Esav, "Please accept my gift." And uh, although reluctant at first, uh, Esav uh, eventually agrees to accept the gift. Then Esav says to Yaakov uh, that uh, let's travel together. We'll go back to where I live, to Seir, and Yaakov. Uh, manages to deflect this idea. Yaakov says to Esav, you continue on and I will meet you. Uh, and so Esav returns to Seir and uh, and uh, Yaakov doesn't go with him and doesn't catch up with him because it would seem fairly clear that Yaakov uh, is afraid that uh, Esav's attitude towards him can change again. Uh, and so he wants to be safe. Uh, and so, uh, we come to the second part of the parasha, Yaakov's travels, uh, in, uh, in Eretz Yisrael. But before this, um, before he crosses over into Eretz Yisrael, uh, he stops in a place that is called Sukkot. It's called Sukkot because he builds Sukkot, a kind of shelter for his, uh, his animals. Uh, Chazal say that he was in this place for a year and a half. And then, uh, finally, Yaakov crosses over the Jordan and comes to the city called uh, Shechem, and uh, in Shechem, Yaakov purchases a piece of land, uh, the land where his tent was. We find out later, much later on that that land is where uh, Yosef will be buried many, many years later, um, and Yaakov also uh, builds uh, an altar uh, to uh, to Hashem, calling it, uh, dedicating it to uh, Hashem. The third part of the parasha is a very tragic part, uh, the tragedy of Dina. Yaakov is living in uh, Shechem at the time, and the daughter of Yaakov, the only one who's mentioned by name, uh, even if he had other daughters, but she's the only one that's mentioned by name, Dina, uh, goes out and she is uh, she's abducted uh, by the uh, the prince of the of the city, the city state. The, the city is called Shechem. The prince is also called Shechem, and his father, the king, is uh, is Hamor. 
and uh, the prince, Shechem, uh, abducts, abuses Dina, and uh, then declares that he wants to marry her. Um, and then begin some negotiations between Hamor, the king, and Dina's brothers. Uh, Hamor says, let us become one people. Uh, you'll marry our people, we'll marry your people, we'll be united. And the brothers uh, say, uh, well, in order for that to happen, you must be circumcised. We're circumcised, uh, we have a Brit Milah, uh, we can't join with you if you do not have uh, a Brit uh, Milah. Uh, Shechem hears about this and immediately uh, complies, and then all of the men of the city also are uh, are circumcised. On the third day uh, of their uh, after their circumcision, all of the men are indeed very very weak. Uh, two of the brothers, Shimon and Levi, single-handedly uh, come into the town. They kill all of the men. Uh, they rescue all the brothers. Rescue their their sister Dina. The brothers also take the spoils of the of the city, um, and uh, and and they leave. Uh, at the end of this uh, this tragic story, uh, after Dina is re- rescued, uh, Yaakov confronts Shimon and Levi and says that the way you behaved uh, puts me in a very bad uh, situation. The people of the land will will want to attack me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to be safe. Uh, and this is not the right way to behave. Uh, Yaakov seems to be very, uh, very upset. Uh, maybe uh, Shechem deserved, uh, deserved to die. Uh, but uh, why massacre everyone else and, uh, and take the spoils? And uh, Shimon and Levi at this point get the last word because they say, can we allow them to treat our, uh, our sister as... Uh, as a loose woman, uh, and uh, that's the end of the story here, although later on, before Yaakov dies, he will, in his uh, blessings to his people, uh, he will uh, fully chastise Shimon and Levi for their for their behavior. Uh, the next part of the parasha uh, can be called the return to Bethel, because remember, uh, Bethel is the place where Yaakov had had the vision of the ladder, uh, and he had promised, he made a vow, that uh, when the time came, when he would be uh, sufficiently uh, self-sufficient, uh, then he would uh, return to Bethel and uh, make it into a place of worship dedicated to Hashem. And uh, Yaakov now seems to be in such a position. Uh, and so Hashem rewards, uh, reminds him, return to Bethel and fulfill your vows. Yaakov tells all of the people uh, in his uh, in his family, as well as all of those who uh, work for him, to prepare. And the preparations include uh, removing anything that might be uh, of an idolatrous origin, maybe the spoils that they had taken from Shechem, take them, and he takes them all and uh, buries them. And then they uh, they continue the journey uh, on the way to uh, to Bethel. In Bethel, uh, Yaakov uh, builds uh, an altar. On the way, uh, during the journey, uh, Hashem uh, protects Yaakov and his uh, entire company, his family and everyone else. Uh, the, the fear of Yaakov is upon all of the inhabitants, so Yaakov is able to move uh, from Shechem to uh, Bethel. Uh, and as I said, in Bethel, Yaakov, in, in gratitude, builds an altar to 
uh, Hashem. Uh, this is immediately followed by a, a tragic event that uh, Devorah, who is the nurse uh, of Rivka, uh, dies and is buried there under uh, under a tree. Uh, and uh, the tree is given the name Alon Bachut, the Alon of, uh, of crying. And it would seem that Rif- when Rivka left home, she must have been very young, Rashi quotes the Midrash that she was three years old, so she had someone to care for her. And this Devorah has been with her uh, all along, but now uh, she uh, she has died. Um, it, it is mentioned here explicitly, but uh, Chazal say that in fact this reminds Yaakov uh, that his own mother, his own mother Rivka, uh, had also uh, died. He uh, never saw her again. Uh, in uh, Bethel, Hashem uh, confor- uh, confirms this new name that uh, the angel had given Yaakov, this new name Yisrael, and Yaakov now erects a pillar uh, dedicated to, uh, to Hashem. The next part of the parasha is uh, the journey back to, to Yitzchak, to be reunited with Yitzchak. Uh, along the way, near Bethlehem, on the road to Ephrata, uh, Rachel goes into childbirth. Uh, she is having great difficulty. Uh, the child is born, another son. She calls him Ben Oni, the son of my strength, but Yaakov calls him Binyamin, uh, the son of my right hand, or, as Yaakov, uh, as Rashi explains, the son of the south. All of the other brothers were born when Yaakov was living with Lavan, which is in the north, northeast. Uh, Binyamin is the one and only one who was born after they had returned south uh, to uh, to Eretz Yisrael, uh, and Yamin right equals south uh, because the Tanakh always uses the east as its point of uh, reference. So uh, if you're pointing east, your right hand points towards the south. So Binyamin means son of the south. Rachel dies in childbirth and is buried by the side of the road uh, going to Bethlehem. Uh, and Yaakov then has to continue uh, his journey. Uh, a very uh, disturbing event happens uh, in which uh, Ruvain, it says, uh, takes uh, Bilha, and uh, nevertheless, uh, the Torah lists that uh, Yaakov has uh, Twelve sons, and that includes Ruvain. And now that Binyamin has been born, it uh, it includes Binyamin as well. And so the Torah lists all of the children of uh, Yaakov according to their mothers: the children of Leah, uh, the uh, children of Rachel, the children of Bilhan, the children of Zilpah. Altogether, uh, altogether twelve. Yaakov returns to uh, his father Yitzchak in Hebron, and then we're told about the death of Yitzchak at, at uh, the age of uh, 180, and we're also told that Esav and Yaakov come together to bury Yitzchak in uh, Marat HaMachpelah, in the cave of Machpelah. The next and final part of the parasha uh, deals with Esav, deals with the the generations of Esau, the descendants of Esau, uh, also known as Edom. Edom is the name of the nation uh, that comes from Esau. Uh, remember, Edom means red, and uh, going back to the incident involving the 
uh, lentil stew, lentils must have been red, uh, Esav is also known as Edom, and then the nation that comes from, ya- from Esav is known as the nation of Edom. Uh, there are lots of names in this section. Uh, some of it's a little hard to follow at times. Uh, we're told of the wives of Esav, the children of Esav. We're told also that Esav takes everyone and moves to the territory called Seir, uh, which is, if you're looking at a map, to the southeast of the Dead Sea of the Yam HaMelech. Uh, we're told also that Esav has grandchildren, that there are chieftains, uh, different divisions within the larger family of Esav. Um, we're also uh, told about the generations of Seir. Seir wasn't only a place, it was also a person. And uh, it seems that Esav marries into uh, the family of Seir and also um, really takes over the land. So they become uh, kind of inseparable uh, whenever we talk about uh, the generations of Esav, that's true here, it's also true uh, elsewhere in the Tanakh, and say for Divrei Yamim, Esav and uh, Seir are, are intertwined. The very last part of the parasha uh, tells us about the, even the kings and chieftains that would uh, rule over the people of Edom. Uh, and it would seem to even go into the distant future. Uh, that brings us to the end of the parasha. Uh, I want to uh, return to the beginning of the parasha, uh, the message that Yaakov sends to Esav at first. Um, he gives the uh, messengers the following message. This is what you shall say. Uh, to my lord Esav, this is what your servant Yaakov has said. Notice Yaakov refers to Esav as you are my master, and I am your servant. Im Lavan Galti, I have sojourned, I have lived temporarily with Lavan, Ba'echaradata, and I have been delayed uh, until now, or I've remained until now. And he says that during this time I've managed to make a, a little bit of a living, an ox, a donkey. He downplays it, but he does. He also makes it clear that he can uh, he can fend for himself. Uh, and I've, only, I've sent this message uh, in order to find favor in uh, in your eyes. Uh, Rashi deals with the uh, the statement "im uh, Lavan Galti." I have dwelled, I have sojourned with Lavan. Rashi brings two ideas. Um, the the that which uh, sparked the whole controversy, the hatred of Esav. Uh, for Yaakov is the fact that Yaakov received uh, the blessing that was meant for uh, Esav. Uh, And that was a blessing that would have made Yaakov uh, Esav's uh, superior and master. But by saying in Lavan Garti, I have have sojourned, I've lived temporarily. So Yaakov wishes to point out to Esav that the blessings haven't come true. Uh, I've not become a prince. I've not become any kind of uh, person of importance. I'm just a sojourner. Uh, I'm just somebody who passed through during the time that I was with uh, Lavan, even though I was there for 20 years. And therefore, Esau, there's really no need for you to hate me because the dream, the, uh, the blessings have not come uh, true. The uh, second uh, idea that Rashi brings is that Garti is uh, the same, has the same numerical value as uh, Taryag 613, 613 mitzvot. And from here we have a, 
a well-known statement uh, from Rashi that Yaakov's uh, message to Esav is, Im Lavan garti v'taryag mitzvot shamalti. Uh, I lived with Lavan, uh, and, maybe we should say, but, however, uh, the 613 commandments I observed. In other words, as Rashi explains, I did not learn from Lavan's evil ways. Uh, I continued, despite the difficulty, despite the opposition, the antagonism of Lavan, I was able to continue to observe the uh, mitzvot. Uh, I think it's uh, noteworthy to point out that this... Uh, I would call it a subliminal message that Yaakov is sending Esav. I lived with Uncle Lavan uh, and I managed to keep the mitzvot nevertheless. It's an interesting message that he sends to him because why should Esav care uh, that uh, Yaakov is keeping the mitzvot? But Yaakov wants to send the message to Esav uh, that uh, I have certain strengths. Uh, I have strength of character, I have strength of conviction, and if I could live with a Lavan for 20 years and still be true to the values of Torah, so you should realize that you too uh, have no uh, ability to change me. Uh, I could stand up to Lavan, I can stand up to you as well. Im Lavan Garti, the Taryad Mitzvot Shamarti. Any one of us who's had to deal with the outside world in one way or another uh, should be able to say uh, just that, that uh, in contending with the various Lavans in the world, we uh, are loyal to the mitzvot and to the values of Torah. I thank you very much for joining me uh, in this exploration of Parashat Vayishlach. This is Rabbi Avraham Fisher, Parashat Highlights and Insights, saying Shalom.